Okay, so my name is Jen Johnson. I think mostly everybody in here knows who I am. Um, if you don't, I have been coming to Harvest since 2005, back when we were at the old building. Debbie was my discipler. <laughs> so um, you know, I've been coming here for a long time. Most of that time I was a single mom while I was here. I was divorced, moved from Ohio, and came here um, with my daughter, Julia, um, so I've been, I feel like I have um, some experience in kind of all facets of, of what women go through, like what we as women go through. I was married, I was divorced, as a single mom, I'm remarried, I'm a stepmom. Um, I have kids that range from 15 to 24, so I've done the younger years, the teenage years. My daughter's married, so I've gone through that, doing the teenage years again with Brian's kids. So um, when I was asked to uh, take over or be the ministry head for every woman, um, I was excited to see how God could use the experience I have in all of those different areas to minister and help minister to you guys. So I'm really excited about that. I'm nervous. Um, uh, so bear with me, but please get to know me and I would like to get to know you. Um, you can find me at church Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Sunday night I'm back here with Awana, but just feel free to talk to me at any time uh, when you see me around. I'm totally available to everybody. Okay, so last week, Stephanie started off our study on the armor of God and she kind of went over... And just that we need to be standing. And wh who was here last week? Mostly everybody. Okay, so you saw that video that she showed, right? About um, that fight. And I, and I don't know who the character is from Lord of the Rings. But just the fact that how many times did he get shot with arrows? He got shot and he got up. And he got shot and he got up. And he got shot and he got up. That is what we are supposed to do. The Christian life is not easy. It's not um, as some people would think you get say or you become a Christian, right? And then everything is great and easy and God loves you and Jesus loves you and everything is perfect and you never have any struggles. We know differently. <laughs> so we have to be prepared to battle differently. We have to be prepared for those times so that we don't crumble and fall. So that when we take that arrow, we will get back up and keep going. Um, so Ephesians 6, 9 through 13. If somebody could read that. 9 through, 9 through 13. Yep. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing oh, that I guess 10 through 13. also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay, so tonight we're going to start with the first piece of armor. We're going to start with having your loins girt about with truth. So verse 14 says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. This is not actually like a piece of armor that we put on. Our, our battle is not physical. We don't get up in the morning and put on, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, a helmet. We don't carry with us a sword. We don't carry a shield with us. But our battle is spiritual. So all of that armor has to be spiritual. 
okay? We don't physically gird our loins, but we're going to talk tonight about what it would look like or what, what we can do to spiritually gird our loins. Um, it, if we're not prepared first, this is the first piece of armor that God wants us to do. This is the first step in that. So to me, that's probably the most important. This sets our foundation, sets the base for us. If we don't get this first part done, how then can we use the other pieces of armor effectively? So I am a bit of a a visual learner. And when I um, chose to do the, to gird up your loins, um, I went in it with a mind of, okay, I've heard about the armor of God is the belt of truth, but I wanted to learn something more. So, Lord, lead me to where you go, where you want me to go. So he led me to Google. So I Googled how to gird up your loins. Okay? So I now pass this picture around. But this visual just really spoke to me in the sense that, look at this last picture. Right? He's got all of this cloth bunched up and girded about. It's not really protecting, and the point of this and, um, is that it makes it easier to fight the battle. But the visual that this gave me was that they were surrounded. It wasn't just a belt around their waist. It, they are surrounded by their, their robe. So I will pass that along. The Art of Manliness is the website where this came from. So you might want to lead your husbands there, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> So keeping that in mind, I wanted to figure out why. Why does God want us to surround our loins, right? Gird, if you look up gird in Strong's, it's to gird all around to fasten one's belt. So the gird all around is what, you know, is where I started. I didn't really know what my loins were, okay? We can't, I think, we think of out of the loins, right? We think of procreation. They came out of the loins of Abraham. Um, I don't have those loins that Abraham has, so how does this apply to me? So I looked up what loin meant. Uh, The Webster's Dictionary of 1828 defines loins as the space on each side of the vertebrae between the lowest of the false ribs and the upper portion of the os ilium or haunch bone or the lateral portions of the lumbar region called also the reins. I had Brian, so (laughs) I took my medical questions to Brian. Where's your false rib? What does that mean? So false rib is down here. You have your rib cage, and then I think he said it was like three or four below or considered your false ribs. So it's like from here, and then your os ilium bone or your haunch bone is the top of your pelvic bone. So your loins are from here to here in the back. Okay, that's a good place to start. Um, In the New Testament, when we look up loins, or when you look up loins and strongs, they, it gives a definition of the hip. So the hip area, we're now calling about this area here, your hip. Okay, and that, that's referenced in, my, sorry, Matt 3, 4, Matthew 3, 4, Mark 1, 6, talking about John the Baptist, and he has a girdle of leather or skin about his, about his hip. And then again, it talks again about procreative power. So I didn't really want to look at that part. I wanted to look at the actual physical part of our body. So I went to the Old Testament to see where loins was used there. And it's used a lot in the Old Testament. And there's various different translations for it. Um, But the one that coincided the most with, with the New Testament usage, it was the waist and the lower back, okay? Um... 
So again, talking about this area of your body. So Nahum 2.10, if somebody could read that. Please. Nahum 2.10. Is empty and void. Oh, you know what? I had written this down wrong. It's Nahum 2-1. And we did the same mistake on Tuesday night. 2-1. Two, two, he that dasheth in pieces is come up before thy face. Keep the munition. Watch the way. Make thy loins strong. Okay. Okay, so they are told to make their loins strong. In Job 40-16. Okay, so strength is found in his loins, force is in the navel of his belly. So this is where our strength is found, right? We're told to make it strong in Nahum 2.1. In Job 40.16, we're told this is where our strength is, in this area. And so the force in the navel of his belly, force means ability, power, might, or strength. So again, in this area here, right, this is where we're getting strong. This is where we're told to build our strength. And then if somebody could read Deuteronomy 33.11, please. Okay, so a blow to our loins, smite through the loins, that's piercing through the loins, that they may not, or that they not rise again. So that injury or damage to that area of our body can be fatal. Okay, so gathering all of that, I thought, okay, how can I apply this to me today? So I think about my core. Think about this area. And if you exercise or if you have heard of anybody exercising or watched a video or seen anybody talk about physical activity, they tell you to build up your core. Your core needs to be strong, right? Those muscles through this area of your body, they support your upper body. They also connect your upper body to your lower body. They provide um, agility and balance. If your core is weak, it will affect how you move and stand. Think about if you have back problems. If you have back problems, are you going to go and have the stamina to fight a battle, to walk, to endure through that? If you have back problems, are you even going to want to stand? What do we usually do when we have something wrong with our back? We lay down. Are we supposed to be laying down in this fight? No, we're supposed to be standing. We're supposed to be fighting. So having to compensate for a weak center can tax the other muscle groups around um, in our body. can affect, like I said, your stamina and your strength. And then also in this area, there are vital organs that are key to our health, to our livelihood, our kidneys, part of our liver, our digestive system. If you have kidney failure, that could be fatal. If you have problems with your liver, that could be fatal. So this area, God is telling us to strengthen that and protect it. Okay, so we talked about girding was surrounding, right? So then I think of our core, 
we want to protect it and we want to strengthen it. And I thought, okay, that's physically, so now spiritually, because we're talking on a spiritual level, not on a physical level. So if our physical strength is dependent on a strong core, shouldn't our basis for our spiritual strength also be dependent on a strong core? A strong core will, will provide stability and help keep us upright, physically and spiritually. If we're working on and building up the center of our faith, then what we do outwardly or what we do in ministry is strong. But if our core faith is weak, we will struggle in our walk. We won't have the stamina to persevere. It will affect our ability to stand in the midst of an attack. And as we're told in Ephesians, we're told to stand, right? Spiritual warfare is not easy. It's not this attack is going to come and I'm going to withstand it or I'm going to fight back today and tomorrow I'll be fine. Some spiritual battles last for months. Some spiritual battles last for years. Some spiritual battles we never really overcome. We're constantly fighting that. If your core strength, if your core faith is weak, how are you going to be able to do that? How are you going to stand in the day of the attack, in the day of the battle? I think a lot of times we kind of equate spiritual warfare to something that's happened to us. So I lost my job. That's spiritual warfare. I've lost my job. No, that's an attack. The warfare comes afterwards. Okay? The battle is after, afterwards. What we do after that attack. How we stand through that. So again, even still talking about our core, we need to protect that core. And that's where girding that up. Girding up that area comes into play. So we're to gird up with truth. So who can tell me what truth is? Word of God. Okay. Um, if you look at the definition, dictionary definition of truth, it will come up with a whole, whole lot of things. Conformity to fact or reality, true state of fact or things, purity from falsehood, thoughts, or sorry, honesty and virtue, real fact or just principle. So we can, we can define truth as that. And honestly, if you look up truth in Strong's for Ephesians 6.14, it's like true. What is true? Um, truth, truly. <laughs> so I went to uh, Thayer's Greek lexicon and looked at how the use of truth is in Ephesians 6.14. And it says, sincerity of mind and integrity of character or a mode of life in harmony with divine truth. To me, that's different than just saying, I have the word of God. That's living it, right? Sincerity of mind, integrity of character, a mode in, of life in harmony with divine truth. So we're supposed to be girding up our core. We're supposed to be surrounding our core with a life of sincerity of mind, integrity of character, Okay, that's what's going to protect our core faith. If we say, I have this faith and I, I trust in the Lord, but then a spiritual battle comes and we fall apart, that's not our integrity of character or a mode of life in harmony with divine truth. If we continue to do that, that's not going to support our core faith. So then we lose faith in, in what we believe. There are a lot of people in the Christian world right now songwriters, people of, you know, of faith that are popular, that are walking away after 20, 
30 years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, they're walking away. So how, how strong was their core? Was it real to them? Did they work on that? Did they continue to exercise that? Did they continue to grow that? Or did they just say, I believe in Jesus, I love God, and now I'm going to go live my life. And they didn't really live a life of integrity of character. They lived a life that was visually pleasing, but inside or in, hidden, they're not supporting that core faith to where the point where then they just walk away. Okay. Um, so the, we know the Bible, the word of God is truth. So John 1, 14, if somebody could read that. Please. And the word was made flesh and walked among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, and then John one seventeen. For the law was given by Moses, but, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Okay, can somebody else read John fourteen seventeen? Even the spirit Okay, and then John seventeen seventeen. Right. Okay. So we know where we get our truth from. Where do we get our truth from? The word of God, right? But if we don't study the word of God, if we don't know the word of God, then how are we going to know the truth that's in it for us to live a life in harmony with divine truth or integrity of character? How are we going to know how we're to react in a situation? Um, Psalm 25, 4 and 5. Okay, Psalm one nineteen thirty. If somebody could read that. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Okay, and then our one verse. <laughs> Second Timothy two fifteen, Kim. <laughs> Rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah. Okay. So we're to study that, right? We're supposed to learn how God wants us to live. We're supposed to trust in Him. Show me Thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy paths. Right. Study to show Thyself approved unto God. That's what we're supposed to do, so that we can know how to fight this battle. We will have a life that is glorifying to the Lord if we do that. But if we don't, we just continue to let our core weaken and we don't have the strength or the tools to strengthen that. So when we read our Bible, we learn how to react to and look at a situation biblically instead of how the world expects us to do. If something happens in your life, are you going to say, you know, that's okay. I know this is hard, but I trust in the Lord, right? 
Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. If you don't know that verse, you're not going to be able to pull that out when times are rough, when things that you just don't understand are happening. But if you do that, you can rest in that truth. You can rest in that the the word that you've been given. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If you have that trust, when something's going wrong, I'm not going to say that you're not going to have a moment or moments where you're panicking or where you're unsure, but that word will come back to you and give you that comfort. Trust in him. He's telling us to trust in him, right? God works all things for our good, right? Romans 8:28. So when something is going bad, if we don't know that and we don't believe that and that's not part of our core, we haven't, you know, we haven't grown in that knowledge, we haven't exercised that, then we don't trust that and we don't know that. And then we start thinking, why is this happening to me? Spiritual warfare, again, is no joke. Satan is not going to just let you get off easy. And he's not going to let you get off easy because you overcame him one time. Going back to like the, the analogy of your core and exercising it. So if you're exercising and you're doing 50 sit-ups, you're brand new to exercising, you're doing 50 sit-ups, and it's hard, you can maybe get 10. But as you get better at it, you can get 20 and you get 30 and you get 50. Well, then if you keep doing 50, it's just kind of easy. There's no challenge to it. That's how Satan looks at us. He's not going to let us just sit at 50 because we're good and we can do it. He's going to up the ante. It's going to be a different battle. He's going to find your weakness. He's going to find your insecurity. He's going to find your doubt. And he's going to continually test what will cause you to stumble. He's not going to let us just rest and, and live a life that is easy. He's not going to give up on us. This is the stronger you get the stronger you are for the Lord. The stronger your character is, the more that you are living a life in harmony with the divine truth, the more integrity of character you live with under those battles. Think about what the world sees when they see you do that. Think about how they look at how you handle a problem or react to a situation. Your husband leaves. That's terrible. But think about how you would react biblically and how the world would expect you to react. You lose your job. Like I said, you lose your job. There's sickness. Somebody's hurt in your family. If we fall apart, how does that make us any different than the world? How does that show them that there's hope in Jesus? How does that show them that, that things can be rough, but I have this hope and I have this comfort and I have this peace. But if we're not girding ourselves up with that, if we're not surrounding ourselves with, up with that, then we're not going to live that. Okay. So to tie it all together, our loins are this area, right? So we want to surround it with our integrity and a sincere mind, modeling for the people around us a life that is in line with divine truth, which is not up and down, which is not to and fro. It's not all over the place. It is steady, right? We may not understand what's going on, but we trust in the Lord. We, he tells us that his thoughts are not our thoughts. We can't even see the big picture. I just saw an Instagram, I think, yesterday. It was like things you know about people 
and that are about a situation and then things you don't know about a situation. We know this much about our life. God knows this much and more. He knows so much more about our life. So why would I not trust him in this little part and panic over this little part when there's so much more to go? There's so much more I don't know. I didn't, I, I'll give you an example. So like I said, I was single mom for a long time. And, you know, there were times where I thought, I just don't, you know, why, Lord, why won't you bring somebody? And, and you know, I was faithful, and I was coming to church. And, and um, you know, I just really, I never got, I didn't despair over it. Um, I, I trusted God. But I just sometimes I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> it's been 10 years, <laughs> 10 years. And, you know, for that time, I didn't date anybody. And that was, I, I don't want to say it was hard because I really didn't want to make the same mistakes. I really wanted to trust what, you know, who or what God was going to bring into my life. But I also didn't know if that was going to happen. Um, and... You know, now I look at my marriage that I have now, and I look at the experiences that I went through in that time that I was alone and who God developed me to be in that time when I was alone that play into our marriage and into parenting um, with Brian's kids. And, you know, I could have despaired in that, that time. But instead, I just let God work through me. And that's not to say that everything works out for everybody the way that we want it to. And I would have been fine if, if sorry, Rosie. <laughs> I would have been fine if Brian hadn't come along. I, I really would have. I just, you know, I wasn't um, unhappy at all. But I just look at how the Lord prepared me in that time for the marriage that I have. But I digress. So, okay. So, remembering your core. So you need to strengthen that. You need to know where you stand. If you don't know Jesus, you're not going to know the truth, right? So if you don't know Jesus and don't have a personal relationship with him, you cannot know the truth if you don't know the source of the truth. So that's the first step. And I really, you know, challenge and not this group of women because, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do believe there are people that think that they have a relationship with the Lord and they don't. So I, I challenge that, that examine your relationship and, you know, just see where you stand. And if you're not sure, then find out for sure or make sure. And then get established in discipleship. That's the foundation that we have here, especially for why we believe what we believe. If you just blindly believe what a man says. Or what, you know, somebody says to you in church or somebody says to you on Instagram or says to you on Facebook or you see it on TV or you read it in a book. You don't have any foundation for that. Study it out. Study what you're reading. Study what, what people are saying to you to know if it's true. Does it line up with the Bible? Okay. Um, so after, after discipleship, then blueprint for our women. I'm going to make a plug for blueprint. That will help you understand what God expects of you as a woman in all these various aspects of your life. Um, being married, being not married, children, no children, grandparent, uh, single, um, you know, study that out too. So you know how to live the life that God is wanting you to live, okay? But no matter what, 
strengthen your, your core so that you can sustain it and stand under the pressure when trouble comes. And then as you get stronger with your faith, you'll find you're able to handle those situations better. Um, again, personal experience. A year and a half ago, the Lord started working on me about control in my life. <laughs> I like to have things under control. I like to know exactly what's going to happen, and I like to have it planned out. And this is how it's going to go, and this is what's going to happen. And I don't like to be surprised. And when I'm surprised, it doesn't go very well. <laughs> we were on a vacation. <laughs> Our hotel room was booked out from under us. So we're standing there with no room. And I'm crying <laughs> at the counter. And Brian is just sitting there, just calm as can be. And, and I just looked at him and said, how can you do this? And he's like, well, maybe if you stop freaking out, things like this would stop happening. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, and I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. But that was some truth I needed to hear. That was really, I mean, because that's what happened. I would freak out. So from that point on, that was uh, almost, almost two years ago. God, I have watched God work in situations to test me. Okay, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Standing up here today was another step in that. I like to have everything written out. To not have a handout, I was just, I was so upset on Tuesday to not have a handout for you guys. But everything that could go in the way of me having a handout and so therefore having an outline of what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this point and then this point and then this point and then this point, Nope. So, you know, God is constantly going to, you know, grow us in that way. Okay. So we need to continue to be open and receptive to that growth. Okay. <laughs> um, it's hard. It is hard. But the more you work at, and just like the more you work out, the easier it gets. Okay. So then find your truth. This is something that really this was like the image that I had when I first saw the girding, the, you know, them gathering up their, their, their robes and surrounding themselves with it. Gather those truths that allow you to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Gather the truths that allow you to remember the integrity of your character when something bad is happening. We can't control what happens to us. No matter what we want to think or we want to try, we have no control over that. And like I said, Satan is going to seek out and he knows your weaknesses and your doubts and your insecurities. So all we can control, those things are going to happen to us. All we can control is how we react to that, how we respond in that situation. So we need to be prepared and we need to know what we're going to do when the enemy strikes. So if you, you know, have verses, write them out. Commit them to memory, and then that way they're easily, accept or easily accessible. If you struggle with memorization, don't let that be a hindrance to you. Don't let that be an excuse to not be prepared. That's, it's not an excuse. You can write it on a, a note card and stick it in your Bible. This was for a particularly hard situation I was dealing with just a few weeks ago. I had to write these verses down, and I took this with me to work. I put it in my purse, and I would sit there, and things would happen, and I would pull this out, and I would look, and at some of these I have memorized, but I would look, and I'd be like, okay, okay, good. I can, I can function here for a few minutes, because it was a pretty devastating thing that we had going on at work. If you don't know a verse to use, God's, or the Bible promise book, 
this is old. <laughs> it's very old, but it's very well used. I love this. If I don't know, if I don't know how to deal with something or what God, you know, says about dealing with something, it's in here. And the thing is, you can find something like this online, so you can use your phone. But have those verses available. And then every morning, gather that up around you. Gather up what, what truth you're going to stand in about your character. What truth you're going to stand in about how if, if something happens to you today, if somebody comes to you today with a particular situation, how are you going to react to that biblically so that you're able to fight that battle, that spiritual battle? Like I said, it's not the attack. It's not the person that comes to you and what they say to you. It's what you do back. What spirit are you going to live in? Are you going to live in the spirit of, with, of truth? Are you going to let God live through you and work through you and respond to that biblically? Or are you going to let Satan rule and Satan get the glory in that situation because you have said something that was hurtful? You responded in anger. You lashed out. You did something that was, you know, not in integrity of character, right? So to gather those and then just surround yourself with those every day. I have a couple that I do um, that have been really important to me um, over the years. One is Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I have a temper. <laughs> Maybe you guys don't know that. I don't know. <laughs> but I do. And this is a verse that God gave me a long time ago. And I actually have it. I wrote it on a sticky note and put it on my computer at work. And it is so faded out that you can't even read the words on it anymore. It's been there probably. I've been at that job for 13 years. It's been there 13 years. Um, if anybody can get me to lash out in anger, it is the people at my job or the people that we work with. And I was in discipleship, and I was growing, and I thought, oh, this is so good. I'm changing. I was so, you know, saw a difference in myself. And then one day, somebody made me so mad at work, I cussed them out and slammed down the phone, and everybody in the office gasped. And I said... I was so mad at myself because I ruined that testimony that I had built up over those few months there. And I was like, I will never do that again. I'll never do that again. And I put that verse there, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And I look at that, and there are times when I'm on the phone with somebody, I will like literally physically touch that sticky note where you can't even read what it says because I know what it says, and it's like my anchor. But I take that verse with me daily because my nature is to have a hot temper and to be angry. And parenting, that comes out. <laughs> you know, that, you, it's easy to let your kids drive you crazy. It's easy to let your spouse drive you crazy. <laughs> it's easy to let, you know, just a situation driving, right? All that kind of stuff. I surround myself with that verse. That helps hold up my core faith. I don't let the fact that I lose my temper or I lose, you know, I react in anger, chip away at what I believe. Chip away that I'm a child of God. Chip away that God loves me. I don't let that, you know, Satan use that to be like, you're no good. 
Look at you. You still get angry. You're no good. I don't let, I, because I don't, I try, I don't want to say I don't. I try not to succumb to those temptations because I remember that verse. A soft answer turneth away wrath. I don't want to be the cause of escalating a situation because I can't control myself. The other one I use is Galatians 6, 9. If, you, if anybody were to ask me what my favorite verse is, this is my favorite verse. It is my favorite verse for ministry. It's my favorite verse for parenthood. It's my favorite verse for my job. <laughs> it's my favorite verse. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If there is not a verse, another verse that talks about that battle and just staying in it, if we faint not, if we don't give up, if we stick with it, stick with doing well. We know how to do well. The Bible tells us how to do well. It's up to us to stick with it. It's up to us to gird ourselves up with that truth. Find some verses like that for yourself. Put them on a note. Put them in your phone. Commit them to memory. Have those with you. And like I said, surround that core with you. This is the first step of the battle, to gird your loins with truth. If you are weak, if you're weak in that area, how are you going to hold up the shield of faith? How are you going to wield the sword, the word of God? How are you going to be able to hold your head up with the helmet of salvation on it? How are you to be able to stand with the breastplate of righteousness there, right? How are you going to have the stamina to keep walking, your feet shod with the gospel of peace, right? How can we continue the battle if we don't take this first step and prepare ourselves for the battle? So I just, like I said, I challenge you all to come up with some verses that, that you can hold true to surround yourself with that truth that is, let me, find, let me get it here, sorry, <laughs> that is the integrity of character, a sincere mind, and living a life that is in the mode of divine, in the harmony of, with divine truth. Sorry. That's all I have. Thank you. Oops. Okay. Ladies, do you have any questions or comments?